Welcome back. This is Matthew Broussard. And I'm Laura Sogard. This is Sheeta Stand-Up 2. Uh, some upcoming dates to plug. I will be performing from April 8th through April 10th in Detroit at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. And April 22nd through 24th at Magooby's Joke House uh, just outside of Baltimore. So be sure to uh, check out broussard.live and uh, get some tickets for those. And uh, I will be local, but I have a whole bunch of stuff going on here. Um, my podcast, Risque Business News, that I run with May Plannert. Uh, we are doing a live taping this week, April 7th, at the Tiny Cupboard. So if you like listening to me, don't like listening to Matthew, come to that. Okay. Yes, yes. It's a great <laughs> podcast, by the way. Uh, very informative and funny and quite different from this one. I paid him to say that. It's yes. a paid promo. Yes. Thanks, I, Matthew Broussard. I make commission. Take 20% off with his discount code. So, uh, from a $5 ticket. <laughs> Um, we don't have a guest today. We figured there was enough going on in both of our lives to kind of catch up and, you know, refocus on what this podcast was originally for, which is kind of track your growth and our relationship with you doing comedy now. The state of the world of stand-up comedy. All right. So this weekend was a big weekend for, for New York and for comedy in general. The clubs officially reopened. So all of the clubs. Yeah. And, uh, super excited for me reopened for you. It's like they're, <laughs> but a first time, baby. Yeah. most of, most of the comedy you've done is in a post COVID world at parks and literally shows. So, so yeah, it was, it's actually been really surreal. Cause I was looking at like my memories, the, you know, the, the Facebook or, you know, notifications, the pictures and stuff. And one of the ones like two months ago was from the first book show I'd ever done in Harlem. And it was literally with Chase Caruso, oh, yeah. who we love. Um, that was booked by someone in your stand-up comedy class. Yeah, and it was so fun. Yeah. It was so fun, but it was like, you know, obviously I'm still very early on in all of this, but it was like one of my first opportunities to perform in front of a not, I don't know, I, I, I'd done like one or two other like little shows as well, um, but this one had a good audience and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I remember afterwards I was like, yo, that was fun as hell. Right. <laughs> And then the world shut down literally two weeks later. That's crazy. Your first book show and then comedy is done. I'm first of all, bravo for keeping it up despite the yeah, circumstances. It's, it's hard enough to continue. Yeah, some people quit just because of how hard it is to get just to get say you have to fight to even do the thing you're working at. I know. I will say it was weird though. There was a silver obviously COVID is terrible, but like the silver yeah. lining of it we for me. Obviously we both had things out of this that were beneficial to our skill set and and, and helped our spirit in some ways well the silver lining for me is that it changed it from like oh you gotta hustle to get booked on shows to there are no shows there Mm -hmm. are no shows even if you are freaking netflix special yeah so if you want to perform laura you have to make it yourself or you're not performing period period so it's kind of nice almost because it kind of like took off any um it, it made it just very black and white for me like either this is going to happen also the other side of it was like i wanted to do it in a safe way you know during the pandemic and i was like well fucking i don't trust anyone but me right <laughs> to be perfectly honest right and you ran outdoor shows yep we ran outdoor shows um we've kind of talked about that we'll talk more about we'll do like an actual production episode at some point because yeah, you know much things more have about really that. escalated <laughs> yeah but you know much more about producing shows than me and and i've seen the we've, benefits of producing a show and we should had, yeah we should do a whole episode on yeah that. we definitely it's definitely there's so much detail there that it's worth kind of diving into at some point um, but I will say that the challenges that presented him, themselves during COVID were like actually insane. Like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm way more in tune with the New York state laws <laughs> than I 
ever hoped to be. Fucking pan off liquor license authority. <laughs> yeah, people. I'm yeah. literally there was like yeah, I think we talked about the ukuleles bringing those in. I was just like, oh yeah, oh it was insane. God, what a phase insane. That I would was. be like, when trivia was okay, but comedy was banned. Tuning in every morning at eleven to listen to like the the mayor updates about like yeah. what's going on with COVID. I'm like oh my god, well the vaccine rate is going to be at this, so I think we're gonna be okay. Well, thank God those brave women came forward and forced Cuomo oh my god. to reopen bars as a distraction and like legalize weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weed is now like legal i think is it already legal do you know or is it like i don't know i, I think immediately legalized and records expunged and the expunged part is the bigger the we bigger got win there we what got a approached wonderful to do a show at like to, to produce a show it's been kind of cool because now at this point rachel and i have been like asked to produce shows at other spots mm-hmm. um by weed world <laughs> Did I tell you about that? Yeah. Weed World is like those like non-marijuana trucks that present, pr- 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 like pretend to be weed. Right, yeah. Well, I can't do those shows because I have an exclusive contract with Weedland, <laughs> who is a fierce competitor of Weed World. We were like, uh, I'm over here, I don't smoke. <laughs> yeah. Why do CBD companies want to sponsor everyone? It's like they're the first know. people to be like, hey, can you promote us and use this coupon? I think they're like breweries where there's just like a billion of them. Like, it's like... It's like a new CBD. cryptocurrency. Everyone yeah. can just start one, your own t- uh, CBD brand. Wait, so catch us up. What? What? How many shows are you producing, and how are they going? What? Uh, a lot. <laughs> if you ever want when to go you... to a show, hit me up because yeah. I probably got two to three running that week. And um, we started it now and then. Started we now and then. A weekly Thursday show it was the, one of the yeah, first outdoor shows last year, and then now and then went. Again, that's that's a little bit more in the production side, but from now and then we went to Arrogance Wine, mm-hmm. which we love. Still a big fan of Arrogance Wine, and then they shut down for a little bit. Um, RIP. And we went to Micah, love Micah, really love them as well. Space, yeah. And um, have done a couple other random pop ups, like we did Aura Casina, which was a beautiful indoor space, but really spacious and really mm-hmm. fancy. Um, maybe almost too fancy for us, but it was super fun. But I was just like, damn, I don't like, I'm not dressing well enough for this. So you're producing a weekly and getting up every week and either hosting or yeah. doing a spot on your own show and, and, and exchange. Hosting yeah. mostly. And that's, Host- I think, been one of the biggest things is I have hosted like so much over this last year. Because people see you hosting and ask you to host their shows and you've yeah, made yourself well. I mean, at a certain point, you've just done it enough times that I'm like, okay, well. Yeah. Does it? I know how to host. <laughs> is it frustrating that you do these other shows, but then you have to go first? No, not really. A lot of the times people be cool too and they'll like ask you to host after they've already booked you on it at some point. Oh, I didn't know. I really appreciate that. I also totally get that people just want to host. You know what I mean? And you can still, it's still fun. It's still Uh a fun set. Um, Is it nice to have a juiced up crowd and be third or fourth on the lineup or whatever? It is, yes. That it, yeah, but it does (laughs) it for Matthews, you know? (laughs) I'm just a lowly, you know. Well, early, early bird, and I'm just happy to be there. Ultimately, is what it is. Why do you choose to uh, host your own show as well when you could hire someone? A control freak. You're a control freak. I didn't control want to say fucking it. freak. Yeah. 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 I yeah. would lose it. It'd be really hard, honestly. We're, we've had people come and host a couple times, and honestly, now that we're expanding our schedule, we'll probably have that more and more. Yeah. Um, but I just really like controlling the vibe, especially if it's a show that I've put so much effort into. Yeah. And the host is so important for that. Right. Like what they do up top and just like the the energy they're giving to the comic or to the, the audience like really influences the rest Steers of the show. Steers the whole show, yeah. And also influences how they feel about the experience as a whole. So that's why I've been pretty partial to hosting my own shows. 
Uh, I do you will think probably... people book you more because you're a host? Like, if you were just vying for regular spots, you might not be it's hard to as tell. high up. It's hard to tell, but I mean, definitely the ones that I came in to host for, uh-huh. which has been a good about at this point. Um, making your, I guess I'm, the point I'm trying to make is it sounds like you're making yourself willing to do a harder task, and as a result, you're getting more stage time out of it. Yeah, I would say it's also one of those things I knew I was really scared of up top. And that's yeah. when I was like terrified of hosting. I still am. You do it. It's crazy watching you because you'll go on. You you walk so casually. You'll just be standing talking to me like, all right. And you'll walk away from me and just onto the stage. How's everyone doing? Like within like four seconds of talking to me, you'll be. Whereas like if I'm hosting a show, I'm like, okay. Yeah. How do we want to try, what what, what kind of crowd just... work and how do I transition to the first bit but not, not try to jump into material because I don't want to do that either. You just kind of just casually kick off the show. Well, I mean, at this point, I, I'm doing it every single week, yeah. you know, so it's exposure therapy. And don't get me wrong, I have so much to improve on with like unbelievable amounts. It's cool though because I've been able to track my progress and be like, oh, you're able to, you know, ask more than one of your three canned questions to the audience. <laughs> Damn, look at that go. And then it is super fun. Crowd work has gotten a lot easier. It's still very difficult, but you're really good at crowd work. I don't. Me? Yeah, get. I don't think I am. No, I can I can laser in on one line, but the second like if I hear something, I can pull it into a joke. I'll hit that joke, but I'll immediately be like, "Well, I can't top that." Straight back to material. Okay. So like I don't venture deep into crowd work. If I can, if I can, if I'm quick witted, I'll find something really fast, or I'll just try to react. But I never like to. I'm very impressed by those people who can just work all the way into crowd work. Like I'll see Ryan Reese. I really enjoy watching. He'll ask a series of questions. Where are you from? What do you do? How do y'all know each other? And like once you've asked three or four questions, you have to get a joke out of it. If you ask three or four questions, you're like, all right, cool. move on. The crowd sees that weakness. So I often ask one question, dive into a bit and I don't have the basis for it. I mean, like someone says, I'm an accountant. You try to make it a joke immediately about them being an accountant. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. It's gonna probably be lame, but if you add, tie where they're from, who they are, how they know each other, and get you know three, four, five data points, you can probably come up with something that seems really witty to the crowd. I never have the courage to do that. I'm really excited now that indoor shows are like it's really tough for hosting an outdoor show. First of all, is extremely difficult, mm-hmm. just because people are all over the place. You know, um, capturing everyone's attention and energy when there's so many other things pulling them away. Rather than if you have some music, you know, like I always think about the cellar where they like play on the music and then like, welcome to the, like, you know, that helps so much. it helps so the much. The improv did that. I would host at the improv and they would have like, totally. And there'd even be a DJ being, you guys ready to have a good time? And they'd cheer and he always goes, <laughs> pathetic. That would be okay if we were in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> so Houston Improv, I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you ready to have a good time tonight? Just getting nagged. Yeah, pathetic kinda, again. Your mother would yeah, be embarrassed. It was Ishmael and he had the voice of a DJ uh, at a strip club. Pathetic. And he oh, had this great yeah. voice. And on nights it was hot, it would kill. But he'd do it every time, even if the crowd was wimpy. And then it was... <laughs> Sometimes the crowd was on the first cheer, they were already good, and he'd be like, pathetic. I was like, I don't know, they sound pretty good already to me. You don't have to, you don't you have don't to have tear to, like, them down. Them. Yeah. yeah. Fucking roast them. But yeah, then they, there were nights for hosting at the Houston Improv. I could just come on and do an act like I was the feature. Like I could just yeah. open with the joke. See, and that's going to be really nice one day. No, you can't. Not yet. We're, we're getting there. We're getting back into like venues where that's more of a thing. 
But um, just because of safety and stuff like that, like the tiny cupboard, hosting at the tiny cupboard is like herding sheep. Like, Jeez. just come on, everyone pay attention. There's the Manhattan what? skyline. Uh, tiny cupboard is this amazing venue on the rooftop in like deeper Brooklyn, but has the most gorgeous like view of Manhattan from it. Yeah, it's, but it's... it's really picturesque, um, but it's completely open, which yes. is awesome for safety. And a lot of people who are super health conscious are going which I think I is mean, great. And they're safety, like, but you could fall off of it and there's a well, thin, rickety staircase. <laughs> you literally, yeah, be crawl up like a fire COVID, escape. But it's yeah, you won't get that. Rooftop. You might break your leg. <laughs> no. They're, um, so it's been really, really fun performing there, but it obviously open air and a ton of distraction. So reining people in for the host spot. A subway it's coming pretty, by. Yeah. There's The subway is immediately the behind elements, it. drizzle, I was performing, freezing cold. I was actually... I did this like weird where I did like a semi host and then also a spot in the middle, which was actually really fun setup. But then during my set, it was Britney Braves show a couple weeks ago and someone started screaming where I thought I was about to hear gunshots screaming, like real screams during my set, New York screams, like screams where you're like, something is amiss. And I turned around freaking, she's just laughing immediately after like she was trying to fuck with us deliberately and then did it (laughs) twice more. I was like, okay. And, and the audience, like, we were all alarmed out the gate. I was like, I'm auditioning uh, for a horror movie, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the middle of, like, one of my longer jokes, and I was just like, okay, keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, is all these shows we've had to do during COVID, which for me is, like, I went from doing a lot of cushy club spots around New York City and a couple alt shows to doing some of the hardest shows I've ever done. Usually the shows get easier the more you've been doing comedy. So I've regressed in terms of the... Uh, nature of the rooms I'm going up in. This is your first time doing comedy, really, oh, yeah. is in this era. So you developed in this kind of more adverse climate uh, and, and conditions. Uh, I know nothing else. Yeah, yeah, you're Bane, like a superhero. Yeah, I was born in the darkness. So you had uh, your second near assault on stage this weekend. <laughs> I, hate this. I hate that it was my second one. Yeah. Did we talk about the first one? I think we did. Let's talk about both, though. Catch people up on Laura's on-stage assaults. In case you didn't, yeah, I'm at number two um, of near dangerous situations. Um, First one was, if you just just recap, did a Central Park show um, October, September or so? Kind of later, like Mm fall-ish. It was getting a little cooler. So it wasn't like as hugely attended as some of those summer ones, which were super fun. Yeah. Uh, but still a fun show. Was a fun show. Go in. I'm doing my set. Things are going fine. Um, and we're in Central Park, obviously. So it's open. Everyone can walk up as they please. Right. And you have no authority. There's no... you. Yeah. There's no like there's no stage. stage. You're standing on the grass facing people sitting right. in the grass. Right. If someone <laughs> came up next to you and just started shouting and trying to do comedy next to you, you can't even be like, go away. You'd be like, you have just as much a right to yeah. do that as I have to do this. It's yeah. fair. So anyway, um, with that in mind, this 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 guy comes flying up and he's being a weirdo. Like he I see him, I see that guy coming a while away. And he comes up to me and I'm doing a bit about like getting engaged or something. And um he he starts coming up to me and the audience doesn't realize necessarily that he's not involved with it. Because the way he was coming up, like, during the joke made it kind of seem like, oh, maybe this is, like, some sort of weird performance art or something like that. But then you turn around and I'm like, no, this guy's homeless and on drugs. What do you think I am? 
I mean, what? Not some fucking alt comic. Yeah, are you kidding? I have material. Excuse me, this is Club Card. <laughs> we are in Central Park. Again, I'm in the wrong. And this guy runs up to me and um, starts kind of like getting like very close to me. And I'm like backing away. I'm still trying to do jokes, quote unquote. I have the uh. microphone and the attention of the audience who is getting more increasingly concerned. And the guy keeps approaching me, keeps approaching me. I'm like, hello, any assistance, other comics? And they were as scared as I was. They were like, um, because like he definitely was like so erratic where I was like, uh, what's going on? And then he swings his backpack off and I was like, this is where I die. Kneels down, opens it. And I was like, and is he going to pull out a fucking knife or are gun? Are you talking or are you just dead silent at this point? I, I was kind of like, what's going on? Like, you know, I don't even, <laughs> I kind of don't even remember what I was saying. I was certainly not doing jokes at this point because I was kind of like, um, what are, you know, just doing comedy here, something along those lines. And he pulls out, I like freaked out, but he pulls out a hairbrush and then starts brushing his beard at me is the best way I can describe it. Is he talking it. the whole time? No. Like, oh. he's being real freaky. It was, he was trying to scare me, I think, and was just on drugs. And the point is, nailed it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. And I was just like, uh, I was very freaked out. And it I'm still last. on stage. No. Nope. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I'm like, um, can I, can I, someone come? I'm going to be done now. And then he finally runs away. And I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah. This, <laughs> so, is, this is it, uh, waning hours of daylight. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like starting to get kind of dark. And I was just That's like, I got to I got to go. I can't with this. Uh-huh. So what happened Saturday? So, so that happened. Um, that was a couple months ago and I was just like, Oh, ha ha. COVID comedy. Which crazy. Like, never heard of this happening before. Yeah. This, I'm this the has only happened to me. This has ever happened to anyone mm-hmm. I know because who's ever done comedy shows in the park. I don't think I haven't heard at least of any other, um, comics having that situation. I mean, if it did, it happened in the last year. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just trying to think like, Story-wise, I, I really don't think I've heard of anyone else having that weird of a... No. That I've heard of, at least. Um, let us know if something happened to you. I actually make <laughs> me feel a little bit better, <laughs> uh, considering this has now happened twice to yeah. me. Last week, I was doing a, a very good show, Cuba Libre, which is actually a, a delightful show and was super fun uh, by the Gowanus Canal. Um, cute little spot by, like, whatever, canoes and stuff like that. And I'm doing my spot, and it's, it's going well, you know. I went first because I had to, like... Um, get out of there to go to another spot. And in the middle of my set, a man comes up quickly because I didn't even notice him approaching. And this one's set up a little bit different. Like it's like there was like a raised area that we were standing and then the audience is sitting on benches. So it is a little bit more clear that this is like Uh audience performer. You know what I mean? There was like a little bit more delineation. And the guy is, um, again, looking homeless, crazy eyes, runs between me and the audience and he has just walked in and I barely noticed. I was just like, oh, this guy's walking through, you know, like I was like, a microphone. I have a microphone. I'm doing my set. I'm in the middle again of a fucking, I think it's the same goddamn joke. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should stop doing this joke. And, um, in the, um, he starts walking through the middle and I like kind of acknowledge it, but this is all happening at the exact same time. Um, and then he looks at me, not in response to me acknowledging him. It was kind of like at the same time, it was Cause I was looking back, I was like, did I make him mad? And I was like, I don't think I've, why? He's like, are you disrespecting me? And then he starts running towards me like pretty quickly, like not very far. Also like, you disrespecting me, you disrespecting me and like getting in my face. First of all, he took his mask down for this. I was like, thank God I'm vaccinated, but just like, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) And, um, the entire audience is once again, just like, 
yay, like comedy performance art. And I'm just like, fuck, what's happening? Of course, standing there like an idiot rather than like bouncing, you know, like what you should. By the way, if this ever happens, don't stand there. <laughs> I don't know, like leave, move, get out of their spot. Because yeah. I was just like, it would have been very easy for this guy to actually hit me. Yeah. And um, so he's getting on my face, and thank God Kareem Green was there, and he talked him down. He was like, do 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 comedy show, you gotta go, like, whatever. And um, he was a lot more intimidating than I was, so this guy, uh, he left, but, like, yelled at me the entire time as he was walking away. And I'm in the middle, again, of my set, and I just was, like, trying to do bits, and I was like, we're only thinking about that, right? Everyone yeah. here, that's all we're thinking about? Okay, cool. Um... So that was last Friday. That was the first night of comedy being back. And also, you're a you're a big strong lady. I don't know why they're going after you. Yeah, I mean, I was just one of the well, last people I'd want to fight. Well, that was the funny part. There was other comics that were there, but they were like, I mean, honestly, I don't think I have a better shot than you do against that guy. <laughs> I was like, that's a great point. Listen, I get it. I would have been. It was also fast too. Yeah. The one at the park was a longer ordeal, um, but the one at the Guanas thing was like quick. When yeah. it all went down. Wow. So. Wow. Good for you. It, it, good it, for th- me, those things, <laughs> those things though, of like so much of being a good comedian is not being afraid and demonstrating to the crowd that you're well, comfortable with the situation and that you can handle anything. And when you faced actual mortal fear on stage, a drunk hackler at a comedy club on the road, it's not going to scare you as much. Yeah. And like, I, that's good for your comedy. Well, let me just say, I really don't want to have to test that out anymore. Right. So, no thanks. Unsubscribe. Um, but had, yeah. people were... It, the funniest part about it is people were like, oh my God, are you okay? And like an hour later, I was like, it's kind of funny. But like, it's like also not, <laughs> but it also... It's so scary. But to me, like the fact that it keeps happening, I find some humor in that. But like John Borromeo, for instance, was so nice. Like he saw me two days later and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, honestly, I'm fine. <laughs> Can I tell the rest of the night from my perspective? Sure, yeah. So I that was Saturday. I was doing four spots that, was that Friday. night. Friday, I'm sorry. Doing four spots that night and really running around. And um, I was leaving New York Comedy Club and I got a text from you that said, uh, just got almost assaulted on stage for a second time. And I saw the text <laughs> from you and I said, oh my God, that's fucking crazy. Can you tell me when I see you at the next show? And then I put my phone in my pocket and I biked 45 minutes to get to the club. And when I get in there, I'm frazzled, I'm sweaty, I shouldn't have biked, it was too hard of a bike ride. And I see you, and I, I, I complain about my headphones. And then I you go, I'm fine, by the way. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry, I totally forgot. Are you okay? What happened? And you're like, it's fine, go do your set. Well, he I was also, going right he had, up. No, he had already like wheeled and dealed to get up earlier on it. Like this was like yeah, but then the show was been, running late, so I wanted to do the spot time I asked he for. He had been at the club for a, at least five minutes at this point. I before he, tried to negotiate to go next. Well, you were mad at me, and I because I, I you had been almost assaulted, and I was not a good boyfriend, and uh, I was about to go on stage, and I kept, uh, and then I go, and you said no jokes about me. So I had to Which go over like completely. Re- when no, I'm going. Wait, no one's gonna know, but I did it anyway. Well, the host might accidentally say something. The host might accidentally say something. Whatever. I was also I, nervous because that was you my were first nervous, time of course, and I respected that more than it. My perspective, story from my perspective. Well, You're obviously mad at me, and uh, you asked me to not do any jokes about you. So I go up on stage, knowing you're mad at me, and, and <laughs> just glowering at me in the in the crowd, and um, still managed to do well because it was a good crowd. And then you're next. 
And this is, you're doing a check spot at Stand Up New York. It's your first ever comedy club spot. And I get off stage and run up to you immediately and, and apologize again and ask how you're doing. And you say, go away. I'm like, Laura, please. You go, I have to do my job. Don't bother me. <laughs> and then they so call your name and you walk on stage and you go from this deep scowl to, uh, face. how you guys doing? And you kill it. You killed your set. You were so good. And it was so fun to watch because I've seen you in parks and all these rough shows, these tough shows, and you in a, in a contained room feeding off the positive energy of the crowd, not having to open the show. All those things you did that were so hard came through when you actually got to perform in a, in a, in a setting that is conducive to comedy. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that that crowd was so goddamn happy to be there. So it definitely yeah, made it easier. that's what a comedy club is. Yeah. Well, listen. That's what I have is. one example now. So yeah. sounds great. So comedy shows and clubs are Right. And that's breeze. most of what I was doing before COVID were, you know, good yeah. club crowds. Yeah. Um, no, they were super, they were super fun. But, um, really makes you I, appreciate. I've since forgiven Matthew. Um, right. He's still partially you, canceled. You had such a good set. You also ran the fuck out of the light. I didn't see it. <laughs> but I you know, were nervous. I felt so bad. Because it was a check spot and you were nervous about time. Because no, they literally said, check spot, we, we turn on the light when, we turn, when we're done with checks. So it could be 10 minutes, it could be 20 minutes. So we'll let you know. And then, they were like, do crowd work. And I was like, shit. <laughs> did the shit out then, of Did a lot of crowd work up top and then barely made it through any material. Ten minutes in, you get the light. And I noticed you didn't see the light. So I go out. So I the know light's on light for like was. two or three minutes. And I yeah. was like, go flick. I asked John to flicker the light. And we flicker it. I still see you don't see it. And I'm like, I wonder if she's nervous on time. And then John waves a flashlight at you. And you get off within a minute. And you end up doing like 15 or 16 when you only had to do 12. But you proved you had the time. Yeah, build it up but yeah. um again it was easy because the crowd was so like happy and laughing it's amazing when like you could hear laughs for yep. a while how much material right stretches the hell out right it's crazy <laughs> and how short your material is on zoom but uh a similar thing i got to see this weekend was a uh, uh caitlin palufo oh my god so... who's our most recent guest on this podcast showcased at the cellar long time coming um and I, she was nervous and she was texting me asking for, I offered to, to give her whatever advice she wanted to on, uh, on, uh, yeah. how to run a set. And she, she asked me some questions about what it's like showcasing and, and the, you know, all the little logistics of, of, of her showcase set, which is a five minute set on a club show. And if you do well, you are a seller comic and it's about the coolest thing that can happen to a comedian. And I, I got, I biked down to see her showcase at the village underground on, I think it was Saturday night. Yep. And uh, I watched her set, and I've seen her perform uh, so much, so much outdoors and in these venues. And to see it in front of a club, th there's just so many little moments that you miss when you don't have a crowd there. Yeah. You don't have a stage and lighting. And it was it was a really perfect set. The the just the the detail of the physicality, the wording, the 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 intonations. It was it was. It was it was dense like a perfect late night set, and she got off stage. She worked for me. And yeah. I, I, Esty, I, uh, the, the the club booker, I just saw her uh, say great job and pull Caitlin into the hallway, and I, I was kind of eavesdropping. And she goes, "Yes, yeah, so on Fridays you send in your availability for the following week." Oh, and, I, and I just so Caitlin, happy. Going, yes, ma'am, great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And then Esty walks away. Welcome <laughs> to Caitlin. We both like scream. And uh, Jordan Jensen, uh, uh, showcase on the previous show, who uh, another comedian I, I just love, who's just so good. Both and of them are. We'll get her on the podcast soon. Yeah, I would and, love uh, that. Uh, both of them are just those people who you really saw 
I don't want to say take advantage of the COVID time because that's not really the correct terminology <laughs> for it. But like, they didn't miss a beat. Really, they they crushed it at the the parks and stuff like that. And like, they were everywhere. They just worked really hard. They worked, they worked really, really hard, hard through it. Super talented, super funny, um, good attitude, and also a day job. So nice. Yeah. Both of them just so kind. Yeah. So. I don't know. And, and they're also such both such good friends. They got to both watch each other and yeah. share that. And they're they're very similar stages in their comedy. They're they're very similar in skill level. They're both just complete killers, and uh, yeah. a really delightful moment. But again, it was it was just seeing firsthand the uh, the the training with weights on of of this last year of of being cautious of COVID regulations. Yeah, and, and and how we've a lot of people have weirdly come out stronger comedians because of the adversity of it, and you, you, you are. Well, listen, <laughs> that's your. I am the very strange. Entry level. I'm a strange uh, little test subject for. True. What if you threw a pandemic at the beginning of someone's comedy? Yeah. Um, I think it's just made me louder, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know there is some fine tuning that you can't really do without a club. You know oh I mean? no! Like, I definitely noticed. I was like, my wording is still super messy and a bunch of stuff, and it's all good. You know, I'm very happy with where I'm at, at the moment. Yeah, I was also Keep really proud of you it. that you could go from being so upset with me to so funny on stage. I was like, that's woman. a pro. Any, any woman. Can that's do any that, woman. Matthew. Yeah. That's just a skill we're born with. That's yeah. yes. Like, <laughs> um, should I talk about my weekend of, of club spots, or yeah. should I talk about Austin? Oh, I feel like Austin might be too much for might need to do its own I mean this weekend was my first weekend of club spots and I got uh, a couple I got a good good full weekend of shows and I got 11 shows in three days um, damn yeah a lot of running around that's it, I was so tired I had yeah, I biked I everywhere did three spots on Saturday and at the end of it I was just like they do this every night <laughs> they don't bike though biking that's really true. kills your ambition i was Good like Christ, this is truly a, a triathlon i'm I know, doing I was like i'm making great shape from yeah. all this which is thank god considering <laughs> being completely stationary yeah. for a month and a half or whatever that was it's crazy that with like the, the more comedy i do the fitter i get as a result of yeah. choosing to only bike ride i did i did the opening shows at new york comedy club and stand up new york i did a couple cellar spots this weekend it was great being back how is the cellar how is like the energy there right now? the energy there is obviously great but um on a personal level a lot of comedians who weren't around i i was getting a little big for my britches because of you know less comics were around and i was doing park shows and i was going to Shows where I was the biggest name in the lineup and, you know, uh, yeah. open micers were really uh, flattering me and uh, yeah. th- thank you. And then I go to the cellar and it really put me back in my place. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm days. middle of the pecking order here. No, I and mean, uh, you're, you're very, there's just a lot of very talented, it's New York City. Yeah, you know, like and this famous people and Oscar nominees. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, you're like, it's... Oh, I'm not shit again. And that's probably for the best. So some of that. Um and the reality is you're really wonderful now than yeah. you were a year ago. So, which yeah. is kind of yeah. Not that many people can say that. Yeah, some new material I really love. Yeah. And now to really fine tune that material at a club, but I'm bolder on stage. I it was I walked on stage without having an j- opening joke planned. Of let's feel out the crowd and see where I want to take it. Uh, with yeah. the beginning of this set, I that's that's bolder for me. Um, yeah, it's and terrible. um. A little, you know, back to overthinking and back to worrying about how people, how my peers perceive me. So, we're back to normal. Yeah, no, it's like we're finally healed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, same problems back again. That's good though. I did have a, a weird experience as I, I um, had the club slots booked and I had a spot at Joey Bats Cafe that I was asked to do. And I said, yes, uh, Joey Bats is an outdoor cafe on a sidewalk. So it's a very... It's a good <laughs> it, was, venue, it was a though. venue that popped up during COVID, very much as a result of COVID. It, yeah. it was it was sidewalk. It was safe. And nowadays, any any restaurant that has like just a little bit of open space in their patio, I'm like, great venue. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> they have heaters. We love heaters. Yeah. Uh, Joey Bats was uh, they made a lot of comedy possible, and they popped up during. Uh, the winter months where everything was really shut down. Yeah, winter was, was when there was really... There was I went like down to like one spot a week. Six to eight weeks where it was... We didn't have a venue for a bit. We finally got one back, but the, we were even down for a month. Yeah. Um, there wasn't anything. And there was a second spike, so understandably people were cautious. You know, you wanted... We were so close to the vaccine. Um, but it was really in March, I feel like, where everything started to... People got it. People were getting administered the vaccine. We've both been vaccinated at this point. Um... And it just makes it a lot easier. Yeah. 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 So this venue, um, I show up and I watch a comic or two and there's a guy in the audience who's on a lot of drugs, who's being very participatory mm -hmm. and really shouting back and forth. And it's, 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 a, uh, it's not an ideal setting for comedy there's there's only about eight people they're all kind of participating it doesn't seem like a kind of crowd where you can get your footing and do material you have to keep reacting to anyone who wants to shout and play it play their role and i was feeling really wacky i was feeling really tired and they light the comic before me and i was like shaking like white knuckle watching the set like frustrated with the crowd and i say to the hosts with you know, two minutes left in this comic set, I said, I can't do it, I'm sorry, I can't do this spot. I'm gonna yell at that guy in the audience. We're on a sidewalk, anyone can film me. I don't wanna ruin your show. And the producer of the show comes up to me, he goes, I understand, we'll get you back, I'm so sorry. And I said, please don't apologize, I'm not criticizing you, I'm not criticizing your show. I think I'm gonna bring down this room if you put me on stage right now. And he goes, we totally get it. And I kind of, I, I kind of paced off. Like really upset, upset with myself for not being able to handle it. Upset he called with... me. He's like, "Do you think that was bad?" And I was like, "I mean, don't make it a habit." I, yeah, I know. I've scratched a spot once in my life. Yeah. I, it's a first, I, remember, I mean, you don't have a I reputation came back from for playing. Any... Yeah, it'd, no. be a, it'd be a bad thing to have like normally happen, but and I paced the block like three times, being like. I just saw firsthand the benefits of taking on hard rooms. For a year, I did nothing but difficult environments and parks and rooftops where comedy shouldn't happen. And I proved to myself that I can not only do comedy, but I can turn things that aren't a comedy show into a comedy show. Yeah. That's what I learned from, com from COVID. Of like, this is a fucking field. And I'm about to make it into a club. <laughs> I can do that myself. I've That's learned that ability. And I have that comedy. <laughs> yeah. It really felt like, it felt like a real strength. And I was like, why am I backing down? Of nine people having a good time. What what's wrong with me? And I went and I ate a cookie and I got my blood sugar back up and I walked over and I was like, "Hey, I changed my mind. If you'll still have me, I'll still go up." They go, "Great, things got much worse while you were gone." I go, "What?" They go, "There's a drunk comic here who runs the show and she punched me in the face trying to get on stage." <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's so bad that now I really want to go can up." Subscribe to our Patreon for the names. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that is. Uh, a, but and then. But wow. I did my Saturday set. Saturday night, baby. I did my set, and that guy, that guy was in and out doing crazy drugs. He was he was rolling 
unknown types of drugs into blunts and smoking them right there. Really fun guy, having a great time. And I just played off of him. I think uh, he ends up being your ally. Yeah, like what the hell? Yo, he uh, he was he was fun to play off because he was in such a good mood, right? That he was fun to play off, and he would say ridiculous things you barely had to. You could just kind of repeat back, and and it was a good lesson in forced crowd work. Um, And then the drunk girl comes back, and she stumbles and falls over and and knocks over a table, and then uh, they they kind of make her leave during my set and she's screaming and crying and, oh and I think I comment during all of it or we're just watching this I go I'm the fifth funniest thing happening in this room <laughs> right now and uh, she storms off and then I think I managed to uh, to do two minutes of material at the end and it feels like those shows feel like you're co- coaxing a horse so that you can get onto it yeah. knowing the second you do it might buck you right off that's what material is like <laughs> to me in those settings but I uh I forced myself to do it, and I, I don't I don't know what overcame me, but I part of me is like happy that good you know comedy is back, good environments for comedy back. But I'm like I do need to remind myself that uh, to force myself to do the harder stuff, knowing what I get from it. Yeah, but it's so nice to at least not to only have harder stuff available. Yeah, and um, by the way, Joy Bats, great venue. That yeah, was a, no, a, I mean, that a very like a, rare an event. anomaly. Yes, and I will continue to do shows there and, and encourage people to check it out. Um, do we have time for Austin? Let's do that in another episode because it's okay. kind of a longer storyline. Oh, the, exactly. We're leaving a little cliffhanger. That's what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do, right? Yeah. Podcast, you should probably keep listening if you want to hear about our trip to Austin, Texas. where and a, Yeah, producer episode. We can talk about we'll your advice on production. we'll do another one about producing. Um, Which I could use. Um, what about what happened to Eric and Swine? You want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I would say, I think I kind of mentioned this up top, but obviously we have a lot of shows coming up, so if you want to come hit one up, um, please do. And um, one of the things I'm most excited about is Arrogant Swine is back. So why is Arrogant Swine back? Because they got shut down during the pandemic. Uh, they were running a bunch of, they a lot of comedy shows were going out of it, which was awesome. But, but you were first. I was first. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rachel. Yeah, She's Landis, really good at really good venues. venues. She's really good at venues. But um, we were producing the show there, which was really fun. But then, unfortunately, which was outdoors. It's out. It's outdoor. Honestly, very it's the safest. Safe. Safest and still, it just works well. It was a well. good space, and also felt very safe. There's a stage. Like we were, I don't know. I feel like health wise, felt like we were really being good. Right. But um, if it was I, Wendy, it if it was Wendy, <laughs> it was felt like the Wizard of Oz. A little bit, yeah. The tents. Then we had the tent collapse once because it was some. COVID, there's been like countless crazy ass stories of mm-hmm. things that have gone Water down. dripping on days that it rains. You yep. have to put up buckets and, and carefully place the power strips. Jesus Christ. But um, more than anything, um, so for some reason, the, the police were like getting all up in arms about closing down various venues and fining them for, you know, quote unquote COVID violations. And when I say COVID violations, I mean like for stupid stuff. Like you were allowed to have outdoor dining. I want to be super clear about that. That's not illegal. Yeah. But what was illegal explicitly was comedy. Right. Which is insane. And I completely disagree with, which... Even I, on a front porch. Even on... Not on allowed. The, you are not allowed. You are allowed to do music, notes. though, which is insane. Yeah. So, music accompanying dinner was the rule. So, we, This isn't the law, by the way. This is the liquor license authority exactly. that, that executes their... Uh, exactly. Yeah. So point is, um, Eric and Swine, you know, like obviously all the restaurants have, 
you know, their own, there's politicking between them and the cops and it's a whole other world that I have no, I have a very small window into. And for whatever reason, the cops had decided to start targeting the restaurants in the East Williamsburg area. Um, they got a couple around them and they were hunting Eric and Swine, essentially. Yeah. And we and... were like, hey, we don't need to keep going. And they were like, no, 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 it's fine. We just have to be out by 10, follow these rules, X, Y, and Z, wear your masks. And we're mm, like, yeah. we try to do that anyway, so no problem. However... You want to talk about Tyson for a second? What about him? Tyson, Tyson, who 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 you work with at Arrogant Swine, how supportive he is of comedy and, oh, and why we love that venue so much. It's because he, he's so he invested really, in good he, shows. Yeah, and he really liked his whole thing. Is he also wants to maintain a safe environment? So he was like, "Comedy is great because no one dances." Yeah, you sit the fuck down and you listen and you yeah, laugh. Yeah, you put the chairs and, down and they stay where you put them. Right, six you feet know apart. What I mean? Which is it's, so it's really it's actually a very safe kind of activity especially with a good amplification good speaker system like there's no reason that it can't be done in a way that doesn't make sense which we were trying to do um but anyway they got targeted and the liquor authority um they would literally sit outside the venue at like starting at like 9 45 to make sure people were out by 10 which i was like what is a 10 p.m curfew in new york City? that is insane right sure anyway so that's going on that's like the first bump of cocaine for most people it, 10 o'clock. It, most i remember like beforehand people wouldn't start going out until 10 it's crazy um so they um, they were trying to target us. They came at one point. We got everyone out and like slammed the door by, by 10 because we were running late that day. Uh-huh. Um, so we didn't get in any trouble. But another night, unfortunately, they decided... I don't even think it was like a curfew violation, but they decided to just go and do checks on their different things. Yeah. And they pinged them on things for like having uh, uh, the pregnancy sign in the indoor bathroom, which by the way, indoors was closed. So that bathroom wasn't even technically available. Yeah, it's it the, sounds the, like the no it. drinking sign when you're pregnant, like that kind of thing, like wasn't in the correct space. Like all the stuff that wasn't set up indoors, they were finding them on. What's that comparable to? So it's it's a, a lot of the violations are. If you look into any business, there are these types yep. of violations. They're so minor that there's it's it's impossible to be a business and avoid them. It's just do they want to look for them, and if they do, they can ring you dry for a lot of fines. Exactly, and that was so. What they did is, and more importantly too, not more importantly, but they fined them a ton, and then they suspended their license until the fines were complete. Hey, wow! Until the fines like, and then they have a. Are you allowed to say the number? I mean, I'm not going to just in okay. case. I'm not. I don't know if I'm allowed to or not. If you really give a shit, you can shoot me a note. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was a big number. The big number. Point is, I mean, it is a restaurant, like a business where they make a decent amount of money. But um, please come support the shows to help them kind of uh, get through that a little bit. Um, and it's a really wonderful space. So they finally were able to open back up beginning of April. So I guess like last weekend as well. And our first show there is going to be. We're going to do a special Friday one. This week, um, we're still running Micah as well, running Micah. Our schedule is so crazy for April. Um, Like we're doing uh, Rachel Feinstein and Jesse Kirsten next Tuesday. I'm so excited on the 13th. Please come out to that one. It'll be so fun. They're doing long sets. And um, and then this week, we're doing Micah on Thursday, Ergot's Run on Friday. And the rest of the month is, um, you know, kind of variations of those. For, for different for different dates. Uh, it's also really cool because there's a bunch of LA comics who are starting to come back into town. So we've gotten some pretty cool names that are going to be com- coming on um, sporadically throughout the month. But um, but it's really fun. It's nice to be able to promote a show and be like, this is not illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel a little less badass, though. <laughs> yeah. This isn't killing anyone. <laughs> <laughs> not that it wasn't killing you. I'm joking. <laughs> Whatever, Matthew. 
No, someone's not getting booked. <laughs> okay, damn it. Okay, I'll send in a tape. I'll re-audition. Well, um, hey. I don't, do we, <laughs> this is our first, do I thank you for coming on? I don't know how to wrap this no, up. No, thank you for listening, if you're listening right thank now. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any questions or anything you'd like, like, want us to specifically kind of talk about. Yeah, please. Uh, let us know. Please, we're, oh, you yeah. know, we have our accounts and stuff. Shoot us a note. Um, and then come to a show. We'd love to, love to have you. Yep. Come and, to, uh, Come to my Risque Business News live podcasting on Wednesday. It's going to be fucking wild. We'll talk about that later on. See how that goes. <laughs> in Detroit and Baltimore. Check out the show dates. Uh, thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.